Hi, this is Shelby. And Carolyn. We are two Canadian prairie ladies, raising babies, riding horses, and living the country life. We are on a journey to find health and wealth while building our ranches, and we want to share the journey with you. In this podcast, you can expect to hear us share our own experiences, as well as interview other inspiring humans. We'll cover topics such as human health, horse health, barrel racing, building a ranch, and so much more. We are ready to dig into the tough conversations like mental health, motherhood, farming challenges, finances, you name it. You will walk away from this podcast with tips, tricks, and strategies that will have you finding more joy and peace in your journey. We know there's a lot of juggling that goes into this lifestyle because we are living it. And as a nurse myself and Carolyn with a master's in animal science, we have a lot to bring to the conversation. So grab your coffee to go, throw on your messy bun and muck boots. Let's head to the barn and chat because we have business to take care of and we're sure you do too. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. You have your hosts here, Shelby and Carolyn. And we have a special guest, Shelby Spielman, with us today. So welcome, Shelby. How's it going? Good. Uh, Shelby is a four-time CFR qualifier and three-time Calgary Stampede qualifier. She has multiple earnings in the PRCA rodeo circuit and is the Cloverdale Barrel Racing Champion along with the Runaway Slot Race 1D Champion. She calls Panoga, Alberta home with her fiancé and horses, and we're so glad to have you here with us. So first things first, Shelby, tell us a little bit about you and how your journey has brought you into the world of rodeo. Yeah, so I'm originally from Texas. I moved to Canada full-time about two years ago, I guess. Um, thanks to Keely, <laughs> we met in college and have been together ever since. But um, my parents' farm and ranch in Texas, where I li- was from, I guess. And um, so I guess, you know, you kind of need a horse for that. And we're around animals all day, every day then. Um, I can't really remember a time in my life when I didn't have a horse or wasn't riding. Um, I was just thinking before we were about to talk, like I, how much fun it was as a kid in the summer, getting to just go ride pasture with my parents and become a better horseman before I ever even started getting like extremely competitive in rodeo. It was just nice to enjoy the horses and the atmosphere of it all first. Um, and then I guess, yeah, I rodeoed all my life, high school rodeo, junior high rodeo, college rodeoed, and then stepped into the professional ranks. And here we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. It's been quite the last few years for you. So you ended up being number three in the CPR standings for 2022 barrel racing season, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so what did running at the CFR look like for you? Uh, this was my fir- fourth year. So um, kind of more in the hang of things, I guess, and feel pretty comfortable in the setup and everything that goes on in Red Deer. And I'm lucky because my horse seems to love it there. Um, I kind of had a game plan going into this year. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to run her twice on Saturday. So I actually borrowed my traveling partner's horse and who I'd ran the summer a couple times and used him for the morning performance of Saturday. And then, um, that was about the only change that I made from 
prior years, but uh, six runs is a lot in there for my horse. She likes to turn and sometimes I let her down. So um, that's why I made that decision, but it was a really good year and um, my horse is just awesome. So it makes it a little easier. Okay, so I want to just add a little bit onto my question because I've never actually been to CFR. So you said there was six runs. Is that over two days or how long is CFR? Uh, so CFR is five days. Um, and then on Saturday, you make two runs. So an afternoon performance and an evening performance. Okay, um, yeah. So That's quite six a bit. Runs over five days. Yeah. Okay. So did yeah. you run the same horse? But like on Saturday, both times? Uh, no, I just ran, um, Mariah is my traveling partner. Her horse's name is Moonshine. So I ran him in the Saturday afternoon. And then I ran Hot Donna Saturday evening. Oh, okay, cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, it must be a tough decision to figure out which horses you're going to ride when and like planning for that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, mm -hmm. last year I had a pretty good shot going into the last couple of days of the CFR to do good. And on Saturday, I had a game plan again to switch horses and Donna had won the round the Friday night before. So I was like, Oh, I can't get off of her. And, um, I ended up tipping that Saturday afternoon. So this year I was dead set that I was going to stick to my game plan and, uh, just run her once on Saturday. And it was good. It, the funny thing is she, this year, one Friday night again. And I was like, oh, I don't want to get off of her, but I knew so I did. And then she won Saturday uh, night's performance too. So it, it worked good, but um, it's always hard when you feel like you're kind of getting your momentum to get off of your good horse, but the horse I rode was just as good. So I always find that's hard to not do a second run to at a jackpot. Like if you're going in yeah. and you're like, I'm only going to do one run if it's a good run and then I'll quit. And then it's like, you do one run. You're like, but I really want to keep riding. <laughs> I know. So I, know. I, can, like, I can imagine how it must feel. And yet it's like 10 times the, you know, pressure at an event like that. Yeah. I just, I knew that I would want to second guess myself, but I, I just wanted to stick to that plan. So I'm glad yeah. I did. Good. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> Absolutely. So you also just finished second in the average in this year's Maple Leaf Circuit Finals. So tell us a little bit about that journey as well. That's a huge event. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the Circuit Finals is kind of a fun deal just because it's like the last time that everybody's together for the year before winter starts mm -hmm. and everybody kind of parts their ways and um, not as much pressure as the CFR. Um, and luckily on my end, the whole family was all in uh Regina as well at the circuit final. So it was another fun thing we all get to do together and a shot at good money and that money counts towards no, next year standing. So um, when you do get into the circuit finals, it's kind of an advantage, I guess, to start next year with a little money. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's fun. I like the circuit finals. Like I said, not as much pressure, fun atmosphere and um, a really nice setup to just end the year. on. Cool. So I'm going to really show my like newbie barrel racing colors here and ask you like how many, um, how many barrel racings are in the Maple Leaf circuit? Is it a rodeo or is it just, is it just barrel racing and is it in, just in Alberta? So <laughs> tell, tell me what it's, yeah. <laughs> the whole no, deal. No. <laughs> Sorry. So within the CPRA, there's the tour rodeos and then the circuit rodeos. 
So Absolutely. all of your big, big added money rodeos are your tour rodeos. And then the ones that don't have as much added fall under the circuit rodeos. And so it's kind of two different, I guess, finals you're working towards. Well, really three, I guess, at the end of the year, you want to make the CFR. But throughout the year, you want to make the tour finals, which is during the Armstrong rodeo. And then the circuit finals is the remainder of the rodeos that aren't the tour rodeos, if that makes sense. And every mm-hmm. event gets to go, go the top 10 and the circuit. And um, yeah, it's actually harder than you think to make the circuit finals, even though there's more <laughs> rodeos involved in it. But um, yeah, it's, it's fun. And it's another goal to set during the year and look forward to. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I'm learning so much already in this episode. Thanks for that explanation. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. totally put you on the spot there, but. That's <laughs> okay. So, ooh, I know Shelby has been waiting to get into this topic with you, but um, let's talk about your horses, starting with uh, Hot Donna. Uh, her name is, her registered name would be Fame and Red Hot, right? Yep, and that's her. Yeah. What did your year look like on her? And tell us a little bit about her. Uh, she was 15 this year. So I, I, <laughs> I'm wishing I could take her back in time each year, but um, <laughs> she seems to just keep getting better. So I had her at the breeding facility um, pretty much all spring. And then I got her back at the end of May and um, took her, the first rodeo I took her to was Falkland, British Columbia. And then she placed there. So that kind of made me feel like she was still in in the mode to go to rodeos and wanted to do it. And so we just kept going. And um, she did some really big things for me this year. She got me back to Calgary and made the short go there. And then um, she got me back to the short goes at Wainwright, Pinoca, and then the tour finals at Armstrong, which are all some of the bigger rodeos up here. And she also won Strathmore, which helped us a lot this year because then I could kind of breathe um as far as making the CFR uh yeah I don't know she's pretty special I could talk about her for a long time and if you follow me on social media you probably get sick of seeing my hot Donna posts but uh, (laughs) I don't really know what I would do without her because she has changed my life and my um I guess everything I've got to accomplish in rodeo the bigger things have been because of her so yeah Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about where you got her, like her yeah. story of coming together. I'm curious. So um, when I was in college, I had a little mare that was working really good, getting me to the short goes at the college rodeos. Um, and she had recently won a college rodeo. I took her home to my parents' place and the next day she couldn't walk. Um, so she was crippled and I needed to find something else. So I um, was living with a girl named Rainy Robinson at the time in school. And she was like, well, I know quite a few nice horses in Idaho because that's where she was from. She's like, if you want, like I can line up a couple horses and we can just make a quick weekend trip up there. Well, it's not that quick of a trip because it's 19 (laughs) hours from where we lived in Texas to Idaho. But I'm like, sure, I guess. Like I wasn't having any luck finding anything in Texas. So we leave school one Friday afternoon, drive all night, get to Caldwell, Idaho, Saturday morning. And um, I was waiting to try another horse, actually. Hot Donna wasn't even 
like one that we had talked about me trying. I didn't even know who she was. Um, but Jesse Telford and Jake are who owned her and they were next door neighbors to Rainy in Idaho. And she's like, well, while we're waiting, like I'll just call Jesse and see if she has anything. And Jesse's like, well, she can try hot Donna. She's not for sale. And I don't really want to make it a big production, but if she gets on her and I think it's going to be okay with, she can try her. So, um, first horse I try whenever we get there, it's hot Donna Loper through the pattern once. And I'm like, okay, this is the horse I want. Like <laughs> I, she's special. I didn't, I didn't even know if she had the speed, nothing. Like we literally loped through the pattern and Jesse agreed that it was a good fit. So I that checked her that day and she came, she was my horse then. Um, and it made it really hard to try the other horses that were lined up. Cause I, I felt bad. I still wanted to try them, but in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about Donna. So luckily <laughs> Jesse Telford was nice enough to let me try her that day. And, um, yeah, she's just kind of been a godsend and it's kind of been perfect from the start. I don't really know how it worked, but I'm happy it did. That's awesome. How old was she when you tried her? Um, I've had her for five years. So I guess she was 11 or 12. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I don't know. It's all been pretty crazy with Donna. I, again, I never clocked her whenever I tried her. I just rode her at their house. And then once I got her to Texas, the first jackpot I took her to is a bigger barrel race. Um, she like ran the fastest time of the whole weekend and I was just blown away by her speed and her talent and that I could stay on her. <laughs> that's so cool that's yeah. when, you know your natural instincts of like this is my horse just completely <laughs> took over yeah <laughs> I know it was a little scary but it was I'm glad I'm glad it worked out okay so cool so hot Donna is just amazing in my eyes too I just love her um but do you have any new prospects that you're excited to share with us any babies coming up any any new horses yeah. we'll see next year um, we have a lot of babies. My, we have four two-year-olds coming in the new year. Um, we have a hashtags, which cowbred. Um, I have a nexter out of that high school rodeo, college rodeo horse that I was talking about that I'm really excited about. And then I have a slick by design out of Donna that will be a two-year-old and then another cowbred. So uh, this set of two-year-olds that we have coming, we're really, really excited about. And then we have, <laughs> we have way too many horses. We have three. <laughs> Join the three, club. Join the yeah. club. <laughs> like never ending around here. We have three weanlings that will be coming up. Um, one of them is actually that Nick of Honor stud of Chelsea and Greg's. We're mm -hmm. excited about that one. And then two 1910s, if you know what they are, that's Cowbred. Um, and then... Yeah, we have babies waiting to hit the ground next year. And uh, <laughs> we, we have a lot. I could talk for days about it all, but this set of two-year-olds that are coming up, we're super excited about. Nice. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your breeding program? Obviously, you've already shared a little bit, but you have a stud named Cajunish. And uh, is that how you say it? Cajunish? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And obviously, you have some mares as well. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, Keely and I kind of dove head first this summer and purchased a stud. He is 
by Hoddish and out of Cajun Grace. So um, all cow bred, but uh, kind of Keeley's dream horse, I guess you could say. And um, he's just three. So it kind of worked out that we could buy him and train him to do what we wanted. And um, we do have some really nice brood mares that we think he would cross well on. So that's exciting. And he, uh, we love him as a horse first, which is nice. Like everything we've asked him to do, he figures it out and does it with his, his whole heart. And like, he doesn't really do anything wrong. So, um, mm-hmm. we're excited about him personally. And then hopefully other people want to dive in and breed to him too. But if they don't worry, we enjoy him. So I hope it works. <laughs> you got to breed what you like. Cause if you don't like it, it's hard to sell. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. We're horse orders, I think, but um, I guess it's kind of our goal. We would like to have our own program of just Mm -hmm. riding and training what we want and breed and kind of seems like the most affordable way if it all goes your way to just breed your own horses. Absolutely. (laughs) It's a waiting game though. You have to be very patient. (laughs) (laughs) We're quite lucky. My parents keep um, a couple of the mares down in Texas and raise their babies until they're about yearlings. And then we haul them up here. So, uh, my parents were pretty grateful for them. So the babies don't have to hang out in Canada all winter, but yeah, it seems to work good so far, but I don't know. <laughs> so you said your stud's working good. So does that mean you guys are riding him or are you getting him roping? Yeah. Uh, Keely started him heading and healing and, um, I've actually started him on the barrels too, just to give him another job. And if it did work out and I entered him, it would be fun, but he, uh, he'll probably primarily be Keely's horse. Um, but I do enjoy him myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, is, is next year his first year that we'll see his offspring then? Um, what so we'll breed mares this spring and then the following year will be his first full crop. So, okay. Yeah. Well, that's oh, very still exciting. a young guy. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years to go. <laughs> so hopefully it's, it's good, but I don't know. It's all scary. I guess when you take a big leap of faith, but who knows? scary slash exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What about for your barrel racing career in the next year or so? What do you got planned for that? Um, I got into some of the winter rodeos down South. So I'm currently trying to decide if I'm going to take the leap of faith there and go to the big indoors or, um, what I'm going to do. I got into Calgary again for 2023. So that's an exciting place Mm -hmm. to get to. Yeah. And then, um, of course, try to hopefully make the CFR again and, um, I don't know. I I've got some things in the back of my head, but I just have to make up my mind if I want to do it or not. Um, but for sure rodeo up here and do the same thing I've kind of done the past four years, I guess. Nice. Yeah. So you already know that you're going to Calgary stampede. When do you get your invites or like, uh, well, I haven't got the official invite, I guess I should say, but they do take the top four from the 2022 CPRA standing. So oh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. They kind of put out their list of credentials and that's how, you know, like to set goals where, how you should get in. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. 
<clears throat> well, can you tell us where uh, our listeners could get in touch with you or like how they can reach you best or connect sure. with you? Yeah, Facebook it works good. Um, Shelby Spillman, that's who I am on there. And then Instagram, my username is ShelbyV4. Um, and then if anybody you know has my phone number, you can text me. I'm I'm pretty happy <laughs> to talk to anyone. So I yeah, pretty easy to find. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Shelby, for joining us here on the Ride Like a Mother podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to sit down and have a chat with us. We wish you all the best for 2023 in Calgary and hopefully making the CFR. Hopefully we'll see you there. Um, yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks everybody for listening to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. I hope that the knowledge suits you well and that you can take it to your community. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. So hit that subscribe button. And we would love your support. And you can show that support by leaving us a review on your podcast platform or sharing this episode with somebody you think might find it interesting and valuable. We meet here every Thursday, same time, same place. And we will see, see you at the next, next jackpot. jackpot. <laughs>